0: Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson.
1: The Christian life starts with faith, but the Christian life moves forward by faith as well. And this is where we have to understand that whether it's peace or holiness or godliness, this all comes through believing certain things. So it comes as I believe the truth of God's Word.
0: Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Acts. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Acts, chapter 27, verses 23 through 25, in a message titled, The Gospel and the Life of Faith. Now, here's Pastor Brian.
1: When I read this passage, I just think of how you know, people say, oh, you know, the Bible's just full of myths and things like that. It's like, no, no, you, you haven't read the Bible. The Bible is, it's history. It, it's, you know, these are real places and real people and and real events that we're reading about. And it, it's just so thrilling to me, you know, to read these stories and to to see God working in the midst of these things. So today... I want to talk about something that has, has literally been part of the, the book itself from, from start to finish, and, and yet we haven't really paid specific attention to it up to this point. And, and it's not just part of the book of Acts, but I mean, it's, it's just part of the whole story of redemption from the very beginning all the way to where we are at this present moment in history and it's it's really the the issue of faith. We've seen faith over and over again here in the book of Acts, but we haven't really stopped and looked really specifically at that topic. So that's what we're going to do today and and the title of the message today is the gospel and the life of faith because these two things go hand in hand. And we receive the gospel by faith, we experience it by faith, we live it out by faith, we proclaim it by faith and you know faith is just that massive component that is it's essential to our lives as believers and so we're going to be focusing on that today but as we've talked about the gospel and how the gospel advances we've seen that on the one hand God is the one who is advancing the gospel through the power of the holy spirit so there's no question that you know in the biblical record and the long history of the church as the gospel moves forward. God is the one who is you know, driving that. He's, he's moving it forward. But we can't overlook the fact that God uses people. And so as God is the one who is advancing uh, the gospel through the power of the Spirit, he is using people who are acting in faith to accomplish that. He's using his servants, and they're taking steps of faith. They're going out adventures of faith. They're living by faith, and that's how things are progressing. Now, just a quick overview to just look for a minute at Acts. As I said, we've never really focused on this particular aspect that we see all through the book, but let me just walk you through the book really quickly, not every example, but a number of examples of where we see faith being exercised. And I'll start with the healing of the lame man. It's recorded for us in the third chapter. Don't bother turning there or anything. We'll go really quickly, but it's recorded there where Peter and John, they're going to the temple at the hour of prayer. There's a man who is lame. He's been in that condition for 38 years. He's asking for alms and Maybe you remember, Peter stops, he looks at him, and he says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter reaches down, grabs him by the hand, pulls him up. The man uh, begins to rejoice. He's, he's walking, he's leaping, he's praising God, and everybody around is going, wow, what? how did this happen? And, and yet, when you look at it, you realize that Peter took a step of faith. You know, he had a sense, as he's walking by this man, that God wanted to do something extraordinary. And, and he could have just thought, oh, that's a, that's a weird thought, I'm not gonna go with that, I've gotta get to the temple to pray. But he didn't do that, he took the step of faith and said, I- I'm gonna just call out a healing on this guy right here. And so we see faith there. Now, as a result of this, These guys ended up in trouble with the authorities. They were arrested a few times. And then when we come to about the fifth chapter, we have a case where they're put in jail. And then they're supernaturally released from jail. And the angel who releases them says, now go back to where you were arrested and continue to preach the gospel. Now, remember, they were arrested for preaching the gospel. But he says, go back to that very same place and keep doing what you're doing. Now, this would take faith because reason would say, well, you know, that's not really a good idea. We probably shouldn't go back to the same place where we were before because we're going to get arrested again. But by faith, they're saying, okay, we're going to do what you said, even though it might not make sense, and we're going to trust you. So they were exercising faith with that. As we go on in the story, we come to a man named Philip. And there in the eighth chapter, maybe you remember, Philip goes to a place called Samaria. And there's a great work of God's spirit that begins to take place in Samaria. Philip's the instrument, largely through which this great thing is happening. And then kind of in the middle of it, all of a sudden, uh, God speaks to him and says, now, I want you to leave this, and I want you to go to the desert. And Philip goes. Now, the the Lord doesn't tell him why he wanted him to go there. He just said, I want you to go there. And, and yet when he gets down there, he finds that there is this caravan and there's this government official from Ethiopia. He's an Ethiopian eunuch. He's connected to the queen of Ethiopia. He's traveling back. He's actually reading the scriptures. He's reading about uh, this one who was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. He's wondering, who is this about? And all of a sudden, Philip comes alongside and says, hey, do you know what you're reading? And he says, no, I, I don't know. What am I reading? And who am I reading about? And Philip comes up tells him that he's reading about Jesus, tells him the story of Jesus, and ends up baptizing him. And so this guy goes back to Ethiopia as a believer in Jesus, and he's a government official. So, but the point is this, Philip had to take a step of faith to do that. He had to to leave what seemed to be like the place where everything was happening and go to a place that didn't seem like anything was happening, but God had a plan. So Philip did that. And so we see faith exercised there. Uh, we see faith exercised in a man named Ananias after the conversion of Saul. Remember, Saul, is, Saul became Paul. And, um, but at this time, he was imprisoning Christians. He was putting Christians to death. Uh, He meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. He comes to Damascus and there's a man named Ananias there. And the Lord appears to him and says, I I want you to go and I want you to lay hands on Saul. He's praying. And Ananias says, are you sure that's a good idea, Lord? I mean, I've heard about this guy. I heard that he was coming here to actually arrest. He's done this in other places. I heard he's coming here to imprison people and to persecute. And Jesus says to Ananias, don't worry about it. Just do what I said. Uh, he's my chosen vessel. But here's the point Ananias did it. He exercised faith. He said, Okay, this doesn't really sound like the best plan, but Lord, since you said it, I'm going to go do it. And so we see the faith of Ananias there. And uh, we see a similar manifestation of faith with Peter when Peter goes into the house of a Roman centurion, Cornelius. At this point, the gospel's only been. Uh, limited to to a Jewish audience. Even the Samaritans were kind of connected to the Jews. But now it's going to go over into the Gentile world and Peter's going to be the guy to do it. And the Lord sends him to the house of this Roman centurion. And even Peter, when he gets there and he starts to go in the house, he says, you know, it's really not lawful for me to do this, but God told me that I shouldn't question it. I should just go do it. And so that's what I'm doing. And so he does. He preaches the gospels. Cornelius comes to faith with his household. But then when Peter gets back to Jerusalem, his, all of his uh, you know, fellow workers there, they, they couldn't believe what he did. They said, you, you went into the house of a Gentile? What were you thinking? You shouldn't have done that. Peter said, well, the Lord told me to do it. So you know, Peter knew that his friends would not approve of what he was about to do, but God was telling him to do it. So what did he do? He took a step of faith and he went and did it. And the blessing ensued from that. And then, as the story goes on, we see Paul and Barnabas. They were sent out from Antioch on their missionary journeys. The Spirit spoke as they were gathered together praying. The Spirit said, Separate to me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work that I have for them. You know, how would, think about yourself. So you're in a prayer meeting, and all of a sudden, somebody next to you says, uh, You know, the Lord wants to separate you know, a couple of names here, and it he wants to send you out. Now, you have to either say, wow, I think God's speaking, and I want to go do that, or say, this person next to me is kind of crazy, and I would never do that well, if you did the latter, then you would be missing out on the faith opportunity and not exercising faith. So they had to have faith to go do that. Paul goes out. We've been through all of these different stories. There's a certain point where he has a dream that there's a man in Macedonia that's saying, come over here and help us. At this point, Macedonia is in Greece. So it would be on what we know today as the European continent. And at this point, the gospel hasn't gone that far, but Paul has this dream. And so he shares it with his friends. And again, this is one of those things. It's a mysterious thing. We don't know anybody there. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to go. And what happens? They go and they end up uh, meeting some people and a church gets established in Philippi and then Thessalonica and Athens and all all of these different places. But it all happened by faith. And then one more example with Paul in Corinth. He comes to Corinth. uh, He's been persecuted in Philippi, in Thessalonica, in uh, Berea, and he has a little bit of reprieve in Athens, but then he comes to Corinth. And Paul is, he's sort of just like, you know, I don't want to get persecuted again. I don't want to get beaten. I don't want to get stoned. I don't want to get put in jail again. And the Lord, said, the Lord appears to him and says, keep speaking. Don't, don't be afraid. I've got many people in this city. And Paul does that very thing by faith. He just says, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And he does it. And this great church is established there in Corinth. What's my point? My point is all of this stuff was done by faith. And then Paul, in writing to the Corinthians later, writing back to them, he describes his own experience. And I want you to think about the description of his experience and I want you to think about this in the context of faith. This is what he says. He says, I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I have been cold and naked and on and on. And why would anybody do that? And and how would you do that? When you look at the situation and you think, man, this is dangerous. You know, this this is perilous, actually. And he describes all of these different perils in the earlier portion of this passage. He talks about his own suffering, that, you know, we have this this record here. We didn't go all the way with the story. We'll pick that up later. But, um, you know, he's shipwrecked. That's where they end up in the story here. They end up shipwrecked. And, uh, but he, he says that he was shipwrecked, not just this one time, but he was shipwrecked another time that we have no record of. Paul just mentions it. And there he mentions all of these different difficulties and challenges that he faced. And again, the question is, how do you do this? And the answer is, you do it by faith. You see, Paul believed, as he stated there in the 25th verse, he said, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. And that's the way the gospel goes forward. Because you see, the gospel is always going to be met with opposition, and it can only be advanced by faith. And that's true in our lives personally, it's true in the life of the local congregation, it's true in the bigger picture of the, the universal body of Christ. And so it's here in this story that we see the beautiful picture of Paul is putting into words, that sentence that I just read, he's putting into words the faith that brought him to where he was and that would carry him all the way to the end. I believe God. That, that, was, that was it. That's how Paul did what he did. And that's how we will do what we will do for the glory of God. And so I want us to look at three things in regard to this. I want us to look at faith in, for our own personal progress. I want us to look at faith for the, the welfare, the benefit, the blessing, and the um, progress of the church. And then I want us to look at the, the bigger, bigger picture of faith for the kingdom. So... Beginning with personally, did you know, do you realize that in order to progress as a Christian, you, you, you do that by faith. That's, that's how you do it. You believe God, you believe what God said about things. Now, of course, we become Christians through faith, right? Unless you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sin, rose again from the dead, and is the savior of the world, um you're outside of the blessing, the plan, the purpose, the family of God. How do you get into God's family? You get into it by believing that. That's faith. So the Christian life starts with faith, but it doesn't just start with faith. The Christian life moves forward by faith as well. And this is where we have to understand that whether it's peace or holiness or godliness or fruitfulness this all comes through believing certain things so it comes as I believe the truth of God's Word now if I don't believe then it's going to be hard for me to experience the peace of God. It's going to be hard for me to grow in holiness. It's going to be hard for me to become godly. It's going to be hard for me to bear fruit. Not only is it going to be hard, it's going to be impossible. So we have got to believe and we have got to believe things like this. We've got to believe simply that we're forgiven. You know, if you don't really believe you're forgiven, you're going nowhere. You're stuck because that's just constantly nagging you. That's constantly hindering you. It's a constant uh, suggestion that, you know, you can't do anything because you've got all these sins and these issues and and all of that. So I have to believe that, no, I'm forgiven. You know, we don't always feel forgiven, do we? What do you do when you don't feel forgiven? Let's say you commit a, a a serious sin. And then you go, God, please forgive me for this, but you don't feel any different. Well, you know, if you go by feelings, then you're just stuck. You're stuck right there, like, I don't know if God forgave me. I don't think He did forgive me. I, I don't see how God could forgive me. I wouldn't forgive me if I was God. And so you're stuck. You can't proceed. How do you get out of that rut? You say, I don't care how I feel. God said he forgives me. If I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I believe that, and therefore, I move forward. You see, that, that's how it works. To, to progress personally, we have to believe these things. So whether it's I've sinned and I need forgiveness or, you know, I feel insecure. I have to believe that God loves me. I have to have faith in uh, the call of God upon my life. Because, you know, there's so many things that are going to be there to suggest the opposite. Now, remember, there's a devil. And the devil doesn't want anybody progressing in their faith at all. You know, if you get saved, that's a, you know, for the devil, that is like a doggone it, you know, how did, oh, let that one get away, you know, man, and, you know, he'd just go to his demons, look, you know, you, you mess that one up, but here's what I want you to do, don't let them grow, don't let them progress, do everything you can to stop them from maturing, that, that's, that's happening in the invisible world, that's what the enemy does, and so how do we get beyond that. How do we push back against that? How do we not get defeated by those efforts of the devil? We believe God. No, no. I, I believe I've forgiven. I, b- I believe I'm loved. I don't feel lovable. But you know what? I believe God loves me because he said he loves me. And called? I don't know. How could God use me? I mean, what, why would God call me? I, I feel so unworthy. I feel so unable. But guess what? I believe God. And God, as much as it doesn't make sense to me, I just believe that it's true. And that's how we uh, overthrow those efforts of the enemy to stop us. And again, um, you know, I'm part of God's family. I, I believe that. Even though I might feel unworthy to be part of God's family, God said I'm part of his family. So you see, this is how we progress. We progress personally by faith. But then we are not just individual Christians, but we are a family. We are a body. And we are part of a local church. And through the local church, God wants to do things in a community. God wants to do things, you know, around the world. Uh, it's, it's amazing how God will use a church And it doesn't even have to be a a huge church, you know, a rich church. God will use a congregation of people. He will use a local congregation to literally have an impact on a place that most people in the congregation don't even know where it is. They don't really know much about the people, but somebody gets a vision for it. Somebody says, "Let's pray for this, and let's support this, and let's see if we can go on a mission trip here." And you know, God will use that church. God wants to work through His church collectively, as well as our lives personally. And so, for a church, there's there's a place where a church has to exercise faith. We have to exercise faith uh, collectively. We have to step out. You know, there's a lot of pressure in society today to, you know, the church is okay as long as you guys just stay in your own zone. You know, you just stay over there. Don't come over here. This is our turf. We don't want you in this. But, you know, God says, no, I want you to go over there. So as a church, you have to say, and this, of course, the church leadership have to have the vision and, you know, lead by faith, like, hey, we're going to step out and we're going to go do something in this place. You know, I could tell you stories of things that are being done right now where people say, no, you can't do that. mm that can't be done. No way. No, it's, it's not allowed. But guess what? God, God's doing it. When God gives permission, you can go anywhere God gives permission for you to go. Now, other people might say, no, no, you can't go. A government might say, no, you can't go. But if God says, no, I want you to step out, then by faith, we need to step out. So if it's stepping out, if it's sacrifice, sometimes we sacrifice as a church, we say, you know what, man, we got to give more. We, we, we believe that God wants to do something in this place, and this is what it's going to take to get it done. So as members of a congregation, we're going to band together and say, you know what, we're going to sacrifice something. And we're going to, rather than please ourselves with this. We're going to set aside what we would use for ourselves and we're going to give it to this cause or to this mission. We're going to see God do something there. In some cases, God calls for a church to persevere in a place where it doesn't seem like there's much impact happening. And so the, you know, the faith there is to say, no, I think we're supposed to hold on. I think we're supposed to just stay put right where we're at, even though it seems like you know, this is kind of a dead end, and there's there seems like there's so many other great opportunities over here, but we feel like God just wants us to to stick it out with this. That that's that's faith. Sometimes it takes a real act of faith for that. So advancement of, of the gospel, how does this happen? It happens through this. I believe God. I believe that God wants us to do this. And, and again, you know, there's so many wonderful stories of how uh, you know people have just stepped out churches you know have stepped into things that just seemed impossible but god said you know just trust me and and they said okay lord it doesn't make sense i don't know how it's going to happen but you know people step out and and god is faithful
0: In the month of June, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled The Gospel by Ray Ortland. With powerful insight and clarity, Ray Ortland presents a grand vision of what the church can be if we embrace the power of the gospel and apply it to our daily experiences and witness for God. The book The Gospel by Ray Ortland is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443 That's 1-800-733-6443 Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Acts. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.